You heard that interview on Afternoon Drive earlier today. If you didn't, Odyssey Rewind, check it out. I'm not that type of routine guy, but I'm a routine guy. I, I like to have my same type of stuff over and over and over again, day in, day out. And today I threw myself a curveball. Lately, that's been the theme for the past couple weeks. I just keep throwing myself curveballs in life. Like if this is a if this is a sim, and and this whole thing is just one big simulation, I'm throwing the guy controlling my simulation a lot of curveballs. He's like, wait, wait, wait. This is not how Jonathan does this. When he goes to work, that's when he eats his dinner. And then, well, I shouldn't say when he goes to work. That makes it sound like I'm Jason Lloyd eating in my car. I don't eat in my car, but I make sure that around the time when I'm leaving for work, either right before or right when I get to work, that's when I have my food. That's when I have my dinner. And today I was like, let's take this one right up to the line. Let's do this at 645 and let's see what happens. And so here I am. Do I feel like, you know that feeling after you just ate a bunch at Thanksgiving? And you're like, oh, man, I put too much gravy on. The the stuffing and the gravy, and it all just kind of made its way onto the plate, and I don't know how. And now I feel like I won't move for 12 hours. Kind of how I feel in the moment. But the energy's through the roof, and that's all really you guys need to care about. So we got a great show for you guys tonight. As I sound like I'm opening up for SNL on Saturday night. We got a great show for you guys tonight. Uh, Foo Fighters playing. Michael Bohm as well. No. Cameron Justice is going to come by at 8 o'clock. I, see, I three in for SNL. If that's not the biggest gig you've ever had, it won't be when it's all said and done. But as of right now, that would be number one. SNL's not bad. Cameron Justice coming your way at 8 o'clock. Daryl Ryder coming your way at 9.20. We got the fan focus at 9. We also have the college football playoff at 9 o'clock, which is a little bit different. They've been uh, absolutely taking over our 7 o'clock hours in the previous couple weeks. The Tuesday announcement. I was kind of getting fed up with it, if I'm being honest with you guys, because I was I was coming out of the gate with really strong, good Browns opinions, and then 7.20 was happening, and then it was like, oh, talk about Ohio State for 10 minutes, as nothing is going to change. Today, something is going to change. I would imagine Georgia overtakes Ohio State. I would imagine Georgia's going to be the number one team in the country. Ohio State would be number two, and on and on the list goes. We'll find out 9 o'clock, okay? So when that happens... I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you posted. Also, should let you guys know, our buddy Spencer German and our buddy Nick Wilson, they're doing their live Sons of the Shoe podcast. Uh, they talk about Ohio State exclusively, so that'll be going on later on tonight as well. If you want to give, give them a, you know, give them a listen, give them a check out. It's good stuff. All right. Where I want to start with you guys is I, I've been thinking about for the previous 24 hours. Why it felt like this game hit me differently than I think other people. I've been trying to pinpoint and lock in why this win just didn't hit me the same as everybody else. And I said before the game and leading up to the game, if they won, they would have shown me they can beat one of the best teams in the league with Deshaun at quarterback. That was huge. Getting the win there was huge. I do wonder, though, if I didn't have in my bingo sheet of outcomes for this game, the one where Deshaun was as bad as we've ever seen him in one half and then perfect in the second half. I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it because we won in such a weird, awesome way. I think for a lot of people, this was the game that they started taking the Browns seriously, especially since they didn't play the game in what would have historically been a same old Browns type of way. But I think where this is different, and I would bet it's different for people that exclusively listen to this show. I hope you guys listen all throughout the day. But if you listen all throughout the day, I can't help you in this regard. This is the... This is the take that I feel like is for the people that exclusively listen to this show and this show alone. 
you likely then had the same thought process I had because we've been talking Browns for how long now? And we, we go through some of the same stretches we do. But they just did everything that I've been telling you guys that they would do for months now. I said before the season they'd go 11-5. and five, And I wonder if I'm less than impressed, maybe because I just thought this team was better than the average Browns fan thinks that they are. I was texting with a buddy when they went down 14 to nothing, okay? And he is a listener to this show, but he listens all throughout the station, and it is what it is, right? But they went down 14 to nothing, diehard Browns fan. He said he wasn't upset since he was expecting to be dominated. And I replied back, and I said, I, I said, this is shocking to me. I thought this team had more in them. I, I, and I then reminded my friend, this same script happened in the Seahawks game, and before you know it, we did the same thing that happened in that game. I wonder if I'm off because my expectations have been higher than most. Because that's the realization I came to with my buddy in our text thread, right? He was all doom and gloom about it. He was like, ah, it's dominating. I mean, this is this is what's supposed to happen. The Ravens are this. The Ravens are that. And said, listen, all I did was talk about the Browns all week long. I know how good the Ravens are. <laughs> listen, it, that's no secret to anybody. Number one scoring defense in the NFL for a reason. But I said, I didn't see this coming at all. Not like this. You know, you, you lose by six and a half or seven points when it's all said and done because the spread was a six-point spread. You lose there, and they eke it out at the end. You're like, okay, all right, different script than going down 14 nothing early, and then it was uh, good night, Jim Kite. It would have made losing that game feel like a true punch to the stomach, though. But I never thought that the Browns would just be out of it. I thought the Browns could look eye-level with every team in the AFC. And I'm not sure most fans thought that about the Browns until this week. And I think that's where the difference is right now. I think that's where there might be a little bit of me being off with maybe the rest of the fan base and me being off. And and maybe because you guys listen to me enough, you guys know and you guys were in the know as to where my head was at. And you guys also know where your head was at. But maybe it was closer to my level than other people's. But I just feel like, you know, I remember going out a couple months ago I was on Ken's show, Ken and Anthony. I was in with Ken. Lima was out for the day, and I forgive me, it was a long time ago. I don't remember if it was like week three of the season or if it was right before the season got underway. I just, sorry, it wasn't that memorable to me. I just I don't remember the date. It was a fun day. I just don't remember the date. But I remember saying that I thought the Browns were contenders. That's what I said. And that was like a, and at the time when I said it, I didn't say it if it was some big, bold, bold proclamation. I just remember saying it's what I believed. I believe the Browns were contenders based off of what's going on with the defense, based off of what was going on. Again, this could have even been before the season. It's just the changes they made, right? Based off of what my expectations were with Deshaun Watson as well. I, I, I went down this avenue and I, I'll never forget the look that Owen gave me when I made that statement. Owen looked at me like I had a banana taped to my forehead. You know, Ken got all like, like, oh, 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 you know, the way that he does. It's like, yeah, no, it's not. What, what am I What am I saying here that's shocking? What, what am I saying here that is, is out of what we are expecting? Because I always had high expectations for this team. And I always thought this team could deliver. But for a lot of people, they needed to see it against Baltimore. Because beating the Bengals, which I went into week one and said I expected them to beat the Bengals, Go back, Odyssey, Rewind, whatever podcast you want to find. There's a headline in there that somebody put up there. Might have been Jake Murrin, might have been James Bridges. I don't know who it was. Somebody put it up there. JP expects the Browns to beat the Bengals. It's out there. It exists. And then they did. And then they beat the 49ers. But then we made another excuse for that one, too, right? The Bengals one was the excuse that Joe Burrow was looking like Hector Salamanca. Guy couldn't move. And then the, the 49ers one 
was that Brock Purdy actually put the 49ers in position to win. Moody just missed the field goal, comboed up with the idea that that was a win for P.J. Walker, not a win for Deshaun Watson. After this win, though, there was no excuses. There was nothing left you could say to anybody. This was it. The Browns beat one of the best teams in the NFL. They didn't even play a perfect game, but they got the W, and now we're on to Pittsburgh. I feel like where my mindset might have been different, kind of like, you know, when uh, when you're a kid, if you thought your parents were going to get you awesome presents for the holidays, then when you get awesome presents, it's never as exciting then the kid that gets an awesome present when historically, you know, maybe money been tight and it's usually one of those you get what you get type holidays. I'm the kid that had high expectations with this team and I got those high expectations paid off. It still feels good. It still feels really good, but I don't feel like they're anything short of what I thought they were six weeks ago. You know, this is what contenders do. Hell, Denver isn't even a contender by all accounts and they've beaten the Chiefs and the Bills in the span of three weeks. But this is what you're supposed to do if you're at this level. And so maybe that's where I feel. I'm not jaded. I know I'm not jaded. I would never be jaded by a win against Baltimore. But I remember sitting on my couch when the game got uh, it finished, and I was listen, I was excited as anybody. I, I, I was tweeting out excitement. You guys were all right there with me. Twitter reactions, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Chapman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Good vibes all the way around. But I just remember thinking to myself, it's not as if I thought, Baltimore and Pittsburgh six weeks ago was going to be some big defining point to this season. But I didn't look at Baltimore in this game and think, we don't have a chance. I didn't look at Baltimore in this game and saying, this will be the one. If they win this one, then we have to take them for, for real. And I don't know, maybe it's the national media that then spawns off of all this. Where all of a sudden you get guys like our buddy uh, Big Cat over there, I pardon my take, who comes up with his tears and some of them are just joke tears. It's funny to me, though. And he's got the Browns as, like, a real Super Bowl contender. It's like, well, where were you the previous eight weeks? You know? Like, where where were you when I was trying to tell everyone that this could be a possibility? I'm trying to pinpoint exactly what it's been. And I think, for me, it's just that I had these high expectations and they fulfilled them. But this is where I believe this team should have been the whole entire time. That's why I said 11 wins. Now, there's different ways and different routes to get in there. And that's why I want to talk with you guys at 216474 to below 92. Are the Browns real contenders to you? I've been saying it now for weeks, so I get a little flabbergasted when I, I turn around and people are like, I don't know. They still have to do X, Y, and Z. They still have to show me this. They still have to show me that. And I think maybe that's where some of the discrepancies in some of these conversations come from. And I also think that's why you guys got to be, some of you, not all of you, some of you got to be way more excited than I was. On Sunday, because if you live with the idea that we're going to get pummeled, like my buddy that I was texting, living with the idea that we're going to get dominated, that we're going to get destroyed, it's a much different world that you're living in when you're watching this whole thing unfold. If you think you're just going to get punched in the face for 90 minutes, it's a 60 minute game, but I I don't know why I made it 90 in my head there. I was like, 90 feels good to me, halftime included, even though it's a whole three and a half, four hour affair. But if you think you're just going to get punched in the face the entire time, well, what are we doing? I never thought that. I never thought that. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. But we got the win, so we all got to the same place. Now, as we start to turn the page and we start to look at the Steelers, and then two weeks from now, you got that Broncos team that is taking care of the Chiefs, that is taking care of the Bills. 
After that, you got Jacksonville, you got Chicago, you got Houston, you got a lot of good teams that are coming up. A lot of teams that you honestly didn't think were going to be good, let's say even five, six weeks ago. As, as the playoff cha- the playoff picture constantly changes and teams show who they are and who they aren't, are the Browns real contenders in your eyes? Two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at J Peterlin. J P E T E R L I N. It's overtime. With Jonathan Beetle here with you on the fan. Scanning the horizon, I see the Steelers as a potential 6-3 and three fraudulent team. They have an offensive coordinator that is adult. They have a quarterback with baby hands. Low-key, one of the worst defenses they've had in the Mike Tomlin era. They're like 28th in yards allowed this year. It's incredible how mediocre that team can actually be defensively. Made a, a couple different adjustments in the past couple weeks. Might be a little bit better than maybe I'm giving them credit for or a lack of credit I'm giving them for, but it's not a very good defense. I just, I feel like contenders are kind of like how the Supreme Court ruled on pornography. You know it when you see it. I, I don't know how to define a contender, but I think you know it when you see it. And with this Browns team, I don't know that it can be as simple as judging where Deshaun is or looking at whether or not the defense is an all-time defense. You know, this NFL season as a whole makes no sense to me. It feels It feels bonkers as of right now. Chiefs are the one seed, which is a constant. That's fine. But it feels like a very vulnerable Mahomes, as vulnerable as Mahomes has felt in a very long time. Bills look lost. Bengals are losing to the Texans. Jacksonville's crumbling. Baltimore melting down in the fourth quarter like they always do. It's a weird year. You know, it reminds me of last year's postseason for the NBA, which is exactly what the Browns need if we're going to be contenders. Just an odd year where there's supposed to be a bunch of juggernauts, and you look up in the NBA Finals, it's the eight-seed Miami Heat versus a Denver Nuggets team that had never made it to the Conference Finals with Jokic previously. Previously, Like, that's that's what we need. Something really weird, something really random, and then all of a sudden you look up and it's like, oh, Browns are in the Conference Championship game. Sweet. How did we get here? Doesn't matter. Don't ask questions. We got a good enough defense. Deshaun Watson is playing good enough. And any time... You have Deshaun Watson versus any of these other quarterbacks that are juggernauts. The defense is so talented that it's limiting what these other quarterbacks are doing that Deshaun Watson's able to play good enough. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. I want to hear from you guys though. Let me in on it. Are the Browns real contenders to you? Tyler gonna bat weed off for us here on the fan. Hello, Tyler. Hey, so JT, the Browns are as real contenders or as you as bad at driving. It's so real. It is, it is so, I'm not a, it is, I'm not a is, bad driver, Tyler. I just I just go the speed no. limit promptly. You go the you, you don't go with the flow of traffic. You're a bad driver. At <laughs> the point, the Browns are real. They're contenders. That we've been since the San Fran game. After that, and we beat the best team in the NFL. At that point, we just did it again. I mean, people that keep saying, "Oh, we need to see more. We need to see more." What else do you want to see? We've been the two best teams in the NFL. At two different points in the same season. Mm-hmm. When is the last time has anyone said that as a Browns fan? I know I can't say that. I, I was born in 2002. I was born into the depression of the Browns. There is no, <laughs> this has never happened before. So if anyone is saying the Browns are not contenders, you are not a true fan. The depression era of the Browns is a good line. Thank you, Tyler. I'm just thinking instead of, like, instead of, you know, like all the depression photos where people are out there and they look very tattered up and they look muddy and they look filthy and they look very poor because that's what happened in the depression. I'm thinking of a Browns fan that's just like the, the same exact way because it's true. It's 100% true. I love the point about the two wins. I'll take it a step further. 
Browns right now have beaten the three hardest teams on their schedule they'll have this year. Any arguments? Bueller? Bueller? Bengals? 49ers? Ravens? Those are the three best teams that the Browns are going to play this year, and they beat them all. They're a perfect three for three. It's different sometimes. If you have a six and three team, but we beat a bunch of slappies and the schedule was easy and then our three losses, let's say, were to the Bengals, to the 49ers, to the Ravens, three teams that for the Bengals have been to back to back AFC title games and won the or went to the Super Bowl two years ago. Uh, and then as Tyler pointed out correctly, the 49ers were the bell of the NFL ball for a three week stretch. And then the Ravens this last week leading into this game, we got them at their apex so far. We got them as guys like Colin Coward were putting them as the number one team in the NFL. Also, Tyler's referencing something we did on the uh, on the pregame show on Sunday. Me and Earl to Pearl. Earl likes to go with the flow of traffic. I go 65. If the speed limit's 65, I go 65. If the speed limit's 70, I go 70. If the speed limit's 60, I go 60. I don't ever go into the left-hand lane. I need you guys to know this about me. I stay to the right side. And if you want to like talk about flow of traffic, uh, miss me on that. If I get pulled over going 80 and the, and the speed limit is 65, and they're like, well, flow of traffic. Do you think the cops going to care about my flow of traffic? No, thank you. I used to be a, I, I used to be a speed demon, like a, 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 a just a ridiculously fast driver. But that was ten years ago. No, thank you. At this point, I'm 34 years old. The number one way you die at 34 years old: car accident. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. It's not really even close. All right, Derek in Cleveland up next. Hello, Derek. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? Hey, Derek. What's hey. up, man? I'm hoarse because I went to the game in Baltimore. <laughs> I drove there, and I drove back after the game, and I had to be to work Monday. Oh, man, what do you, where, where do you work, Derek? Where do you work? I'm a truck driver. Okay, good. So you don't have to deal with too many other people, which is nice. The drive, you know, the drive is easy for me. Yeah. But when I was at the game, not once did we, not once was the feeling that we were out of that game in the whole stadium. When I, I'm sitting there, and when the Ravens got up, the whole place rocking. Here come the Browns. So never, not once, fourteen nothing. No one was, no one was scared. Well, they were, they were more arrogant, but but <laughs> but definitely me as a Browns fan. I'm 45. I was around when the Browns were good and letting the people down. Mm-hmm. You know, the last call that grew up in it, but um. Here come the Browns. Here they come. Thank you, Derek. They come. Yep. They, they quiet. You can hear it. You can hear it. Well, it's starting to make noise now, Derek, and I appreciate you as always. Thank you, friend. Uh, there's, they're starting to make noise now. There's no doubt about that one. Like that is. <laughs> I think they were quiet. Again, this is. I think it's all whatever frame of reference you want on it. In our bubble, we've known this has been. I'm going to be lame here. Bubbling up for a while. We know we know what this Browns team can do, but I feel like this past weekend, and really what we've seen in the 48 hours, this was the coming out party for a lot of people that A, either here thought there was questions and doubts, or then B, A, you're a national pundit, and you just didn't have your eyes open. Sometimes the national pundits, they just, they, they, I don't know where they're watching. I don't know what they're doing. It's a tough gig. You got 32 teams. You got a bunch of different storylines. They try to keep 
up as best they can. But I told you guys this was going to happen from Jump Street. All they were going to do is look at what Deshaun Watson was doing, make their remarks about Deshaun, and then decide whether or not they can take us seriously. But this defense has forced everyone in the NFL to pay attention. Regardless of what happens with Deshaun or not, the defense alone, when you make Lamar Jackson, who had been cooking for the previous four weeks, look that just mediocre. I mean, Lamar had nothing to his game. I'm not even talking about like the Greg Newsom interception or any little part of the fourth quarter where he melted down like he was the uh, like he was the witch and the Wizard of Oz. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the whole game. What was impressive from Deshaun or from Lamar Jackson? Most impressive thing from Lamar Jackson was when he was handing off the ball to their running backs that were going 35 yards of the house. That was the most impressive part. Incredibly mediocre. That gets people to pay attention. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Chuck in Cleveland up next. Hello, Chuck. Hey, what's happening, man? What's up, Chuck? Hey, man. Well, everybody got to really recognize out there when we played Baltimore the first time, we shut them down in the whole second half. So I don't, I don't even see what's the surprise when you. Everybody knows we done lost plenty of games the way Baltimore did. Okay, you look, you look in a neat, you know, try and find needle in the haystack to find a way to lose, and somebody say, "I found it." <laughs> you already know that. Okay, we got that rabbit foot going. We got a nice defense is nice. Average still off. I mean, to me, the offense right now is average on everything. You know what I'm saying? We lacking in consistency with it. You you don't want to say, well, Stefanski, you know, you know, first half, Lamar playing like garbage in the second half. Now Stefanski's coaching a great game. So, I mean, to everybody's want to be divided about the coaches and everything. I'll say we're a Super Bowl contender. Because we only got eight games left. We got four here in Cleveland, four on the road. And I believe, you know, we weathered the storm. You follow what I'm saying? I do. Where you will see things become, you know, like they say, this is, you know, you ain't going to see the first, the same team you see in the beginning of the year, you ain't going to see that team at the end of the year. Right. And I believe that's where we at and everything. You know, I ain't got no hate. I ain't got nothing but love for my Browns. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 we done had the rabbit foot. And the rabbit foot, and sometimes we ain't had it's a rabbit It's weird, foot. though, Chuck. It's got to feel weird, and I appreciate you. It's, 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 but it's working in our favor Yeah. in which you cannot complain because a win is a win. All right? Uh-huh. I don't care. Who oh, no, you no, don't no like? Because I know some people, they rather, huh? No complaining. We're just trying to figure out if we're Super Bowl contenders now. If no, we're, the what whole kind of reason why we're Super Bowl contenders is because our record really show, show that uh, it ain't too much left on our schedule. You, you follow what yeah, I'm but saying? It's, not, it's like Chuck, they don't Chuck, weather the storm. It's all It's, it's really not all as easy as you think right here. now, though. And I appreciate you, Chuck. You should be cool. It's not as easy as people think right now. It really isn't. Listen, I, mm, you guys know you guys know what I've been telling you lately. Don't kill the mailman when the mailman gives you a bad piece of uh, you know gives you a bad letter. It's not the mailman's fault. You got that bad piece of letter. You got that bad piece of letter. Got what I feel right now when I make this next statement. What was once perceived as a walk in the park back end of the schedule after the Steelers game is no longer that. Broncos have taken care of the Bills and the Chiefs in the previous three weeks. That's not a bad team. Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. They had a little bit of a road bump this past weekend. Going into this last weekend, people thought they were a top-four team in the AFC, no questions asked. Texans, C.J. Stroud, 
not only rookie of the year, we are now debating whether or not he should be in the MVP conversation. And then I, I don't know what you guys believe in when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. We had the Bengals last week of the season. I don't know what you believe in when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers today on Pat McAfee's show was speaking like he's not only going to be back for December 28th, he's going to be back healthy and he's going to be awesome. I don't believe it. I just don't buy it, but that's what he's, that's what he's peddling out there right now. His, his back end is not easy. Now, the reality is we got to go four and four. You're a six win team right now. Albert Breer said last week on afternoon drive, you got to get to 10 wins if you want to make your way into the postseason. 10's the number. Just be a 500 team for the rest of the way while looking like a better than 500 team, but he's going to be a 500 team the rest of the way. That is more than doable for this squad. 216474 to below 92. Darian in Cleveland Heights up next. Hello, Darian. Well, JP, how you feeling? Hey, what's up, Darian? All right. It's my first time calling in, but I always nice. listen to you. But I'm, I'm going to answer the question, and I got a, something I just want you to comment on. So, first and foremost, of course, we're a Super Bowl team. The only reason why is because we have a top-tier defense. And once we get in, we're going to make the playoffs. Once we get into the playoffs, it's not going to be a lot of teams that's going to see us um, in a playoff series, especially with Swartz being the coordinator. But I think I figured it out, JP. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not – I'm done with believing the curse. I think the issue that the Browns always have, and I mentioned this to the person that answered the phone, is every year whatever strength that we designate for the team turns into a weakness. It started back when we had Jarvis and Odell, wide receivers, was the focus and supposed to be the highlight of the team. Both of them did butt kiss for us, and it kind of left us where it was. Even when Baker Mayfield ran rookie of the year, the next year we came back, that was supposed to be the strength of our team, nothing. This year, it was supposed to be offensive line in the run game. If you look at Jerome Ford, he has almost 500 yards without even being the number one Russian, Russian running back. If he was there with Chubb, just think how much that would have opened up for Deshaun. So hopefully this year, I mean, we've had some downfalls with the offensive line and the running back, but hopefully the defense – which is the focal point of the team, stays healthy, and it doesn't become a weakness. And I think that's going to take us all the way. That's all that I have to say. What's interesting, and thank you for that, Darian. Good call. Uh, what's interesting is that I've had this theory about the Browns in the Andrew Barry era and a little bit prior to that as well, but really let's focus in on the Andrew Barry era. They've kind of doing, uh, you, you know, the whole thing, like left, right, left, right, that type of thing, instead of it being like offense, defense. So if they had one year, it was like the offense wasn't good, then the defense was good, and then they come back around and then the defense would be good, and then the offense wouldn't be good. And it's like last year, what happened? Last year we had, at times, even with Jacoby Brissett, had a top five scoring offense in all of the NFL. Like, it was awesome last year. We might not look at it like it was awesome, but it ended up being pretty good. But the defense was disastrous. And so Andrew Barry, what I think he does, I think he loads up to try to patch in the holes. And I think he goes so aggressive in the sides that suck that it kind of is like a seesaw. It kind of keeps, instead of keeping it ever being level, it always just kind of tilts in one favor or the other. And then you end up with what it turns out to be, in, at least in the Stefanski-Berry era, more average than more dominant. But with his defense, he loaded up in such a, a strong way, but he finally got the coaching of it all right. And with the coaching with Jim Schwartz, you're seeing a dominant defense. But, yeah, the, the offense has to find a way to, to level that out a little bit. For sure. 216474 to below 92. On Twitter, there you can find me. I'm at Jay Peter. And if you're hanging, hang tight. I promise I'll get you on the other side. Question I'm asking you guys. Are the Browns real contenders to you? Cameron Justice 
joining us at 8 o'clock with the latest on that and more. It's overtime with Jonathan Bidon here with you on the fan. 49ers, Eagles, Lions, Cowboys. That's the NFC side. AFC side is the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, potentially the Dolphins. So maybe nine teams in total. But even the Dolphins, their defense might be so bad that I don't know if they can overcome that. What I'm getting at is we've chopped out about maybe, what, four teams in the past two weeks? And this kind of works like Survivor or Big Brother or any of those reality TV shows where the NFL world is just going to keep eliminating and sending teams home from the uh, We Take You Seriously game that we're all trying to play. It's rare to be added to the mix. You live in a world of we're not sure about you until you give us reasons to tell you otherwise. The Browns weren't out of the mix. We were the fringe like 12 or 13 team race, and now we've just solidified ourselves into the mix where we needed to be. We are avoiding elimination. And I was thinking about this earlier, like how many games they would have to struggle in, lose, whatever you want to say for the next whatever stretch that is before I would lose faith. And I think it would have to be more than I think most people would be comfortable admitting. Three weeks, three straight weeks of bad football, then I'd be like, all right, maybe maybe I overvalued this team. But I think there's the, the defense is so solid that I just don't think that's possible. Outside of a flurry of injuries, that I guess is always on the table for every team, even though we've withstanded more injuries than I feel like most teams have, at least the key important players. When you lose your starting right tackle, pro bowler, and your starting running back, pro bowler, you, you, you've, you've taken a lot of hits. Nonetheless, the other guys in between. But I guess I'm curious as to who in Northeast Ohio would say no to this answer. And if I could take a guess, it wouldn't be the Stefanski detractors. They all moved back to the shadows. Stefanski haters, I noticed you guys in the past 48 hours. You walked backwards like Homer Simpson into the bushes, and they're not going to come out again until at least a minimum Sunday at 4 o'clock. Hopefully not again this season, though, but time will tell on that. But if you don't take us seriously right now, I can't help you. Only only logical response is if you don't believe 100% fully into Deshaun Watson. That's the only logical response. But I think this defense is so good at making opponents, opponent quarterbacks that are supposed to be awesome not be awesome. I don't think we need Deshaun Watson to be top five anymore. I just don't think we do. I, I, at one point, that was the bar. I don't think that's the bar anymore. I just feel like have him be good because what you saw last weekend in taking down Lamar Jackson, who was third in the MVP voting prior to that game, and then just making him look silly. Uh, we deep pants Lamar Jackson. It was incredible. Made him look silly, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. It's going to happen week in, week out. 216-474-0092. Bavon in Cleveland up next. Hello, Bavon. How are you tonight? Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? I've been keeping our Browns on track by giving them formulas, how to win a game. I fell asleep on the game. I woke up, and it was 31-31. I'm like, oh, yeah, the field goal. Well, fine, you but sound they, like you're going to fall asleep on me now. What's going on here? Where's where's my energy, no, I honored the one. We the one of the game. That's what they need to do. Honor the one of the game because it's about to be winter time. You need to honor one of the game and what up to Nick Chubbs. Get better. We need you back. If you don't come back, we need you back. <laughs> You're not even going to reconcile with that. Okay. All right. Thank you, Vaughn. Yeah. Oh, one more. Go ahead. Um, we need our tight ends to step up and our defense to hold us down, and we should be good. And I'll give you all the formula and 
Oh, yeah, brother. It's going down. <laughs> Thank you, Levon. Okay. I don't, listen, can I, can I be honest? An oh, hell yeah, brother. I didn't think we were getting an oh, hell yeah, brother. I almost did the, uh, the Dustin and Nick oh, yeah voice. That was what I was, that's what I stumbled into right there. 216474092. Mike in Cleveland up next. Hello, Mike. Yeah, that dude doesn't even sound like he was awake during I, the game. I, I don't know. He said, he said he fell asleep. He yeah, did. yeah, because he said it was 3131. Last I, I, I checked, it was 3130. I mean, but, uh, anyhow. In, in his hey. own world, in his dreams, the, the yeah. Miss PAT was not. Hey, missed. cocaine's a hell of a drug. That's what they um, tell me. That's what they say. Uh, I'm looking at this like uh, this is this is probably one of the greatest things I've ever seen as a Browns fan you know and and you could say this and I've, I talked to friends of mine and they were like imagine this imagine that if if Nick Chubb didn't get hurt if if that that pass didn't happen in Seattle well th- that's over and done but look look at where they're at right now you know, and I don't like to say we because I'm not in that locker room and I'm not playing for that team. When uh, people say, say we, that. when they say we, we're they're winning, and when they say they, we're losing. So I'm just saying, Mike. Here's Cleveland Browns. Here's my. Well, I'm gonna. You made a lot of good points, but let me give you one detractor into that, okay? And why I use we as a go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. When you go to the game, how do they announce the Browns when they come on out? They say you're Cleveland Browns, right? Like, well, yeah, I know. I, I understand. I understand that. Yes, I understand. That. That's all. Yeah. You want to use it? Use but it. You're a fan. You put your time and your work into it. Well, heck yeah, I do. Heck oh, yeah. yeah, I do. But you, you, you get it. And I mean, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all about it because that I even said it. I was like, we need a pick right here, or a, or a fumble, and then that's when Newsom grabbed it and and ran and ran to the end zone like. Like he had, he had just stolen a Christmas goose. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I mean, and I, I loved every minute of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I do know I, what you mean. I, we have, we have all the momentum, and this team is crazy right now because when Chubb went down, I got, I have family up, up in Michigan. Yeah. You know, and the Lions are going crazy and. When was the last time you saw a Lions team seven and How about the Lions and the Browns? The Battle of the Barge, Mike, would be insane right now. How about that, right? I know. And and we're we're battling back and forth and and I'm like, wouldn't that be a hell of a Super Bowl, huh? That'd be great. And thank you, Mike. I appreciate you. I'd I'd love to see it. Also because I think we'd beat the Lions. Uh, Jared Goff is playing out of his mind. He has been since week seven of last year. I'd love to see that. And, you know, I talked over the, the summer about the idea that, you know, where could Lamar go if Baltimore doesn't want him? That, that type of conversation. And everyone kept bringing up the Lions. I said, no, I, I have too many Detroit Lions fans, friends, friends as Detroit Lions fans, whatever way you want to put that. They're like, no, Jared Goff is awesome. We're not touching Jared Goff. All right. You'll see. And here we are. Jim and Akron. Now, I've not seen this in a while. Hello, Jim. Hey, what's going on, Jonathan? Hey, I, I, uh, Love your show. You're the greatest thing to happen to the show. I'm telling you right now. Thank you, Jim. Um, I do disagree with you a little bit on the fancy thing because you yourself 
Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Pushed me and pushed this and pushed this to really think of, of Stefanski, you know, in a bad light. So I'm, I was always, always against Stefanski, and I'll tell you why. What about the first half? How uh, he decided to not kick a, a 60-yard field goal? Oh, I yelled at then, him yesterday for that one, Jim. I said that was a bad decision. I thought that was a bad decision. I mean, what I mean, what if that happens? It's a big game or so. I mean, I'm just saying to where uh, it could have been the difference in the game, and that's I, that's one of the points I made yesterday, Jim, was the idea that that decision alone, if we lose that game, uh, you go back to that play where because Hopkins had made a 59 yarder previously, is 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 long in his career was that distance. We're talking six feet, right? Yeah, it was that distance. And you knew P.J. Walker wasn't throwing a Hail Mary to get there. I, I, I'm just saying, that's why I can't, it was 10 yards short. I really can't understand. I'd rather take a no, chance that, with the end zone. Yeah, that would have been one we highlighted and stayed on for sure, Jim. We would have we would have, we would have talked about that one for days. It would have been some fancy haters again. I know, I know, but... That's how, that's, I guess it is a game of interest. Jonathan, me and you could never be in a room because we would out talk each other. I gotta go. I love your show. You're the greatest. You are. You're the greatest, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad, um, glad for you and your baby and your wife. Good luck. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate you. Thank you for calling. (laughs) We just out talk each other. (laughs) I tell you, maybe, maybe, but I, I, that was one part. I know some people suggested it could have been a coin flip either way. You guys know. You guys watch these games. PJ Walker was not getting that ball there. You should have kicked the field goal, but they won the game. And uh, and for a lot of people, it is such a zero-sum outcome. Did he or did he not win the game? He won the game, and all of a sudden, he's looked at as, you know, I I saw people talking for extension after that game. It's like, well, let's pump the brakes on that one a little bit. A lot of football left in the season, but the Browns are trending the right direction. All right, leave that there. We come on back. You're hanging, hang tight. I'll get you guys coming up in just a little bit. Cameron Justice, though, Channel 5, going to give you more insight on the Browns. What about she believes? This team is full of contenders in this deep, deep AFC and the the playoff picture that's developing. It's overtime with Jonathan Biddle here with you on The Fan.